0: To Bird's Eye View, when it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and basis opinion. Today is February 18th, 2015. I am Scott Magnus, and I'm here with my big boy, my color commentator, Jake English. You should be listening to us on birdseyeviewbaltimore.com, which has a fresh new look going into the 2015 season. You should also be checking us out on Baltimore Sports Report. Um, we are on there uh, pretty often uh, posting articles, and also you should be checking out Baltimore sports reports podcast. They put out every single day called Baltimore sports today. It's a myriad of Maryland activity from Terps basketball to Ravens coverage, the Orioles, hopefully a lot more Orioles coverage now that we're starting to finally get into baseball season. Uh, you should be checking us out on various other third-party applications such as stitcher Miro double twist. And I suppose that Apple product known as iTunes you should also be following us on social media at facebook.com and you should also be following us on Twitter at birdseyeview, B-A-L. Jake, welcome into episode 109. Let's get started. What's your drink of the week?
1: My drink of the week uh, this week is a Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA Ale.
0: <laughs> Jake, I'm going with a... Dr. Pepper Cherry with some Irish whiskey at the bottom of it.
1: You know, I thought it was weird at first. Yeah, no, that's not true. I thought it was really weird at mm-hmm. first, but you know, after having sampled just a small bit of it, I I take it all back. Jake, and, I had
0: to fill another glass up. Okay,
1: you are. Um, you, it's fine.
0: Yeah, just yeah, just keep it simple and everything's fine. But
1: let us know what your drink of the week is. Yep. Uh, we are we are drinking it and uh, keeping track of it on Untapped. Uh, I am at Jake E four zero two five, and I'm at M A G N.
0: 8606 let us know what you're drinking through the week and especially as games start to transpire now for spring training and the rest of this year we want to be drinking what you're drinking
1: this year um with that jake let's go to the twat this week on the Twitters. Scotty, we're going to start with a little bit of eye poking. Mm. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to uh, go through a tweet uh, from Dan Connolly who tweets at Dan Connolly's son. He says, according to at Clark Spencer, Miami will host the 2017 all-star game. Unrelated news. O's will host all-star game around the time. Giancarlo Stanton's deal expires. Mm. I think, I think it's not crazy to think the MLB might just be toying with us at this point.
0: Well, to be fair, I'll come back to Miami is going to be an excellent host city in reality. I mean, it's going to be a great situation for major league baseball to get a lot of people down there. Uh, let's take a look at San Diego for the winter meetings. Um, it was a banner city for the winter meetings to be held on. So I think, you know, holding it in those warm areas for people to go and kind of visit, I think great. And honestly, Baltimore has a lot to work to do for their, just their infrastructure alone that, um, you know, let's, Give them some incentive just to do some stuff.
1: Well, I think if it's if the game is going to happen in Miami, that dancing kid is going to have to be there.
0: That guy scares me. That's actually. a requirement. Yeah. Next one comes into memories. Just talking about memories. Going to do a cat's thing here. Is that what well, this? Is? Maybe this comes from our good friends at OBP Apparel. You can follow them at OBP Apparel, and you should be following them um it they post something from hardball talk and it says white Sox sign matt albers and they post
1: hey 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 it's fat albers i forgot that dude was still alive yeah. much less pitching
0: to be fair though matt albers was a key linchpin for the Baltimore Orioles bullpen, way back in the day,
1: he was. It was really at the point that where Matt Albers' arm fell off of his body mm-hmm. that the Orioles bullpen fell apart, and that's what did them in. While I was on my honeymoon, thank you for bringing it up yet again. Yes, uh, make sure that you're listening to the OBP Apparel or the OBP Podcast. Uh, great guys, great podcast, and from what I hear so far, Scott, great guest, very coming, good, very this
0: good week. guest this week. Yep, so you should check that out at OBP Podcast.
1: All right, next we're going, to do, we're going to do something odd here. I'm going to call this poetry in throwing motion. It's a trio of tweets. Uh, I'll just read them. Here we go. The first comes from Dan Brooks, who tweets, at Brooks Baseball, Roses are red. It's almost spring training. The strike zone is fine, thanks, so quit your complaining. Hashtag Pitcher Valentines.
0: Next one comes from David Cameron. You can follow him at dcameronfg. It says, Roses are red. Get them if you like. That pitch was at my ankles. Stop calling that a strike. Batter Valentines,
1: nice. The last comes from Wendy Thurm, who was a guest on the the Baltimoreans podcast is and was great. So go and check that out on the Baltimoreans uh, archives. It was a really fantastic interview. But she tweets: "Roses are red, commercials are too long to shorten the ball games. Cut the ad songs."
0: Mm, Wendy wins. Good Bravo. job, Wendy. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Although yeah.
1: you know, I have I have to just qualm here if she, if she had made it song and not songs, it would have been the perfect, perfect. tweet.
0: Yeah, the perfect perfect tweet. tweet. All right. Let's get some perspective. And this comes from our friends also at Orioles Uncensored. You follow them at O's Uncensored. As an Orioles fan, I can't really hate A Rod for doing steroids. I mean how the entire two thousand
1: five team was one giant steroid. I'm sorry. Is he trying to bring an intelligent comment to Twitter? Hey, the land of hot takes?
0: Back off, okay. All
1: right. Back off. That that I like to see. Scott. A great tweet that came from a listener, friend of the program, all-around great guy, Chris Maurer. He tweets, at Maurer FTW, which I assume is for the win. He tweets, at BirdseyeViewBL, can you create something similar to the explicit tag that will warn people when you sing during the episode? No. No, I've, that that is a, a banner no, idea. That's a terrible idea. After what happened last week... The, the real victim was not the listeners. The real victim was uh, we had Zach Wilt on for that that yeah. uh, segment, and he was not prepared. for No,
0: that. he was expecting professionalism. Oh wait, he wasn't expecting professionalism coming on this show. But
1: no, but that was that we ought to have some sort of warning. Chris is absolutely right. Chris, I, I will work on it. All to, right. To I be fair, we we'll we
0: just it. broke that rule with me kind of singing at the top of this this segment. Yeah, I, I'm I'm being well behaved. <laughs> well, so we're continuing the theme of this show. <laughs> Uh, following and finalizing the twat, it comes to the category of EW. Yuck. And this comes from Rockabacco. Um Jeffrey Mayer's infamous glove being auctioned. Um, and uh, Rock had a whole column about this. And should Orioles friends start a collection to buy a Jeffrey Mayer you know, glove that he caught the ball with in game one of the ALCS in 1996? The last bit I
1: saw it was around like $16,000. Jake, any interest? Yeah, sure. Here's Here's what I want. I want somebody from the Baltimore Orioles fandom to buy the glove. I want them to buy the glove, and then I want them to then turn around and turn it into some sort of charity event, a glove burning, a glove demolition, something that they can turn this into a positive, something that we can gain a little bit of closure in what is possibly one of the worst baseball experiences of, of a lot of our lives. That thing, and, and I hate to bring the Baltimoreans back into this, Sam and Alan do a great job of talking about how that moment broke them of the the earth and, and the world and the universe being fair. Childhood was
0: completely and, shattered and, for know, all of us in that age group and we turned into adults that day. It
1: was impossible in, in our eyes before to think that evil could triumph and yet there it was and there it had. Yeah, I think that somebody from the Baltimore area should buy this glove and then should do some sort of charity event where they raise money so that you can come and watch the glove just be destroyed in some gross fashion.
0: See, I kind of disagree because if you guys something that is taint in that regard fire from mortals will not get rid of such a curse
1: aren't we supposed to throw it into a mountain of fire or something
0: kind of so i'm actually thinking let's transform that magical curse that's on it you know the orioles reached out this thing where they collect used baseball gear let's do it where we basically get this gear this glove and then we get other donations from, you know, rest of Baltimore. And then we go out and basically donate that glove back into inner city and allow that glove to be reshaped
1: into something of good. I know I can't buy that. Cause I don't think that you can put that kind of power, that kind of dark magical power back into the universe. You, you can't, you don't know what might happen. The repercussions of that may may wreck baseball from here on out.
0: You're right. With great power
1: comes great responsibility. Thank you no very problem.
0: much. Um, Speaking of great responsibility, we have the great responsibility to finally talk about baseball on the horizon now with spring training starting this week. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown,
1: although our love is still special, let's take a chance and fly away. Scott, with pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training tomorrow, it's time. Mitts will be popped. There will be jogging and running shorts. Throwing from 90, 120, and 250 feet away, forms will be filled out, heads will turn and cough. Ah, baseball. Mm. But it's spring training.
0: It's still spring training.
1: And we have to ask, in the very Jerry Seinfeld way, what's the deal with spring training? Look, the thing is, spring training exists for a couple of reasons, and and we're going to go ahead and list those out. Everybody's excited about baseball to return, and I don't want to dampen that at all. I went to uh, spring training a couple years ago, and it was just incredible. It was a magical experience to go down to Sarasota and be part of baseball in the spring. I loved it. But can we agree that spring training kind of sucks? No. What? There's
0: no way I can agree to that. Look, the
1: excitement will pass, and sooner or later we'll be so sick of spring training. We'll be so sick of getting reports on who came out in the second inning because they had to— go run or something that will be desperate for spring training look a couple of things that spring training is for right okay it's for veterans who are sure to make the team to get ready they know what they need they know how to get their body in shape they know how many innings they need to throw how many at bats they need there there's no mystery there there's nothing interesting you get a game where people are trying to win unless it gets in the way of that that program they've got not not that fun
0: well, it's the same way with any preseason aspect. But again, it's the tiniest bit of shred that we can have in terms of baseball. It's the same thing if you're a football fan. You will, you know, go to, you know, watch preseason games and stuff like that. And you'll be like, can't believe I'm spending a full dollar to go to a preseason game. But you'll do it to just to get that slight inkling of football. You mean like the Pro Bowl? that's uh, not that far, but because that's after the season has occurred, but it, it's a great instance to for spring training because again, it's in Florida. So you're looking down there like, Oh, it looks so beautiful and it's so miserable and ugly up here. And that's that brief glimpse of spring is coming. Summer is coming. Thank gosh, because everyone is sick and tired of winter once again. Um, so yeah, I understand what you're saying about being a little reserved with spring training, but for the diehard baseball fan that is listening to the show, uh spring training can't come soon enough and finally it's here
1: all right sure enough so you you get those um those veterans like i said it was not a very interesting thing you also get some rehabbing players that are there to get time with the training staff to get some face time with the coaches stuff like that you know guys that aren't going to be playing that much because they're injured and they just need to touch base with the team um then you've got some guys in the bubble and this is where i think the the drama of spring training comes what are you looking for in general, in generalities, I'm not looking for an actual player name here. But what are you looking for when it comes to players that are in the bubble? Um,
0: for pitchers, I'm just looking for command of their pitches. So even if they get slacked, I'm just looking for command. Um, and then position players, you know, being aggressive at the plate is more so what I'm interested at, just to see how they're able to put the ball and distribute it through the field. But in all honesty, I'm really more concerned with pitchers than I am hitters during spring training. So I really can't say that I'm really that concerned. Last year in spring training, uh, right before we started, we said that there was no way that Johnson Scope was going to make this team. And sure enough, he did manage to make this team. So, you know, the bubble players can't get on this team. Jonathan Scope was a perfect example of that last year.
1: Yeah, and it's also possible for players to play their way off of the bubble. That's true. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Guys that you assume, you know, if all goes well, we will make the team, they may put themselves in the doghouse, either with effort or, or what have you. I, I think it's harder to say that they that they put themselves off the team with performance. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to imagine that somebody can slump so bad in the spring that somebody will say, oh, he's just not good. I, I, between small sample size and the fact that they're just getting going, I to not much, You're not sure what
0: they're working on and stuff like that. So, yeah, there was always the, that conversation uh, with Jimenez last year because he wasn't great during spring training. They're like, eh, he's always cold in the springtime. Kevin Mill was another example of someone yes. that I remember that they are like, oh my god he's got like an eight era in the springtime and they're like oh don't worry about it once he hits april he'll be perfectly fine hey he brought that down
1: into the sixes yeah exactly so the the thing is for me is that spring training is different than it used to be it used to be that players came you know from their other jobs to get in baseball shape in the spring and then get ready for the season and it was very much just a preparation time i feel like now with players in their off-season regiments and workouts they have to get the spring training ready to perform to a certain level, to show uh, the club that they're ready for whatever it is. So again, players on the bubble either coming on or coming off. Um, and then you, you've got the last two kinds of players, which is players that have very little shot. Um, the first is, is younger players that are just there for the experience. Right. And in our case, we're going to see Hunter Harvey have that experience this year. Sure.
0: Very briefly for maybe a few weeks, but again, nothing really big um, and, yeah, that's fine. But again, the other thing is you've got old players who have no shot like Mark Hendrickson this year right. who you look in your list, like there's no way in the world he is going to get, you know, on the major league roster. It's just not possible.
1: They're there basically to have that golden opportunity to be the insurance policy in case there's an emergency. Yes. Yeah, right.
0: They they are the people that don't have the number on the back of their jersey and spring training. Just like, who is that guy? I don't know. He doesn't have a number on him. So I can't tell who's number 74. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yep. Or for the Yankees, who's number Pi and you know who's Zeta five Omega? I'm so glad you brought that up because
1: with all the (laughs) uh, with all of the number retiring stuff, I I tweeted out today. You know, I wonder who the for this week who the first Yankee will be to have their Greek letter retired. Like honestly, what are they going to do? Because you know, Andy Pettit and and Jorge Posada and uh, Bernie Williams. Don't get me wrong; those are nice players. Those are good players on great. On great teams, I'll say, on great teams. Mm-hmm. But are they really the Garrigs and, and, you know, the Babe Ruths of the modern world?
0: Well, not to segue too far off this, but I do have a solution to this. All
1: right. So in order
0: to still allow numbers to occur, my thought process is since baseball is moving to more of a statistically oriented field, we start to include equations and formulas on the back of jerseys and force people to do equations and be like, Oh, that's the square root of 47 over there.
1: Okay. I I can't say that I love it, but from a graphic design standpoint, I think there are a lot of opportunities. Absolutely. All right. We were talking about spring training, were we not?
0: Uh, We were talking about spring training. So let's talk about the pitfalls of spring training. Um, Let's go into the one and only one that I like, which is my favorite. Actually, Buck has even commented about this, and it's... Falling in love with a short sample size, a.k.a. the Jake Fox Award. I think even Buck has called it the Jake Fox Award as well.
1: Well, I mean, for anybody who's been hiding under a rock, Jake Fox was a backup He was hitter. a third string, yeah. <laughs> he,
0: was, he was a third string catcher, basically.
1: Who also could play a little outfield, a
0: little bit of first base. Not really, though. He really was a third string catcher that was like... Third he was string, a DH. Yeah, third string catcher slash DH And he went on a home run tear in spring training. He hit like 11 home runs in spring training. And people were just like, this is going to be amazing.
1: And then April happened and
0: womp, womp.
1: It's so weird because you know, you got you have guys in spring training who are like, all right, I'm gonna go in there and work on my changeup today. And it has nothing to do with the count and and the, you know, the situation on the field it has nothing to do with baseball mentality other than getting my work in, that kind of crap. And so if somebody mauls one of these, I'm working on my change ups over the fence eleven times, that should not tell you who makes the club and who doesn't. Right. So short sample size. Here's here's another one. I fell in love. And I know that the folks down at uh, Orioles Uncensored are guilty of this as well. I fell in love with Ryan Flaherty Mr. the year F. that I went down there uh, to go see uh, the Orioles at spring training. He put on a power show. He played several positions at a high level. And I was like, wow, this kid can play ball. This kid, you know, if you give him at bats, he will do things. Yep. And, I mean, that's the whole Mr. F argument, right? I mean, Ryan Flaherty either has his, his detractors who say he's a bum or you have his defenders who say, if you give him the time, he'll do you know magical things. And I feel like you see both sides from him.
0: Yeah, I think, again, that comes back to a sample size thing. And yeah. again, you look at the way he approaches things and how he's done. Uh, and he's a good quadruple A player, um, but he's certainly not an all-star. All
1: right, so you talked about the pitfalls of spring sure. training. And I think that's a good point. Moving in from the Jake Fox Award and talking about the small sample size, we, we say we don't want to get too wrapped up in that. But I ask you, there's probably a danger in in writing off a slump, you know, in, in going in the other direction and saying, okay, well, the guy's struggling, blah, 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 blah. Is, is there a danger of saying, oh, it's just spring training, blah, 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 for a guy who just starts out stone cold?
0: Now, because I remember there was several seasons ago where Adam Jones came out of spring training and was only sure. like 180. And everyone's just like, oh, I'm not sure. I think Jones might be regressing. And he came in in April and hit somewhere like – 260 270 so again you can't just look at one sample size and just be like oh he's you know not gonna do well this season it's such a small thing and you have got no clue what they're working on so just chalk it up to eh, it's spring training
1: and, and we talk about guys in the bubble and we're gonna actually go into some some roster projections in just a second but like i also wonder like kevin Gosman. this is a huge spring for kevin Gosman, and we'll we'll go into that in a little bit see i don't think it's a huge spring for kevin Gosman. Well, thanks for undermining my point. It yeah. isn't important. No. There
0: there's other people that I could give consideration to who this is a huge spring for them. All right.
1: Well let let's pretend okay. it's a huge spring for Kevin okay. Gosman. Let's step into Jake World. Nothing up is down, left is right, black is white, all that stuff.
0: All right. Well I'm gonna stop you and let's go to rosters because I think this segues very well into our discussion. Because one of the topics that we have are differing on us for our projected rosters is the starting pitching rotation. Jake, you've got I think we've got a very similar rotation. We've got Tillman. Chen, norris and jimenez four of the five being in there and where we differ is i see gossman being in the starting rotation you see miguel gonzalez being in the starting rotation both players have options both players can be optioned to the minor leagues jake tell me why it's a
1: bigger spring for you know kevin gossman than it is miguel gonzalez well both those guys i would say are on the bubble and and it it would be it's it's odd because if they don't pitch well in the spring, one of those two guys is going to be in the minors, which is a bummer because the other four guys, regardless of what their spring looks like are going to be fine. And that's, that's a very difficult, it's, it's very difficult thing for me to, to kind of plan out. Okay. Well, Bud Norris has an absolutely terrible spring, but we know it will be fine. Whereas either of these two guys, Gonzalez or Gosman, I think should be in the rotation. And you know, one of them is going to have a worse spring and be in the minors. Um, I think it's important to note there that we make that five-man rotation. Both you and I agree that Jimenez is the sixth best starter of the group, right? Um, I don't know about that. (laughs) Okay. I think he's the sixth best starter in the group, but he's going to get that shot to be in the rotation because of the money. Yeah,
0: the money is right there. I mean, I wouldn't say that Jimenez is... I mean, I would say four, five, and six are very close to each other. Okay. So, I mean... He could easily be the sixth, he could easily be the fourth, but I could easily see... Um, you know, Norris being kicked down to a fifth spot or a sixth spot as well. Sure, similar to like Gonzalez as well. I could see him getting kicked down to the sixth spot as well. And
1: let's be honest, there are no Walter Johnsons in this in this rotation. We covered that last week with Dan Sembroski. And I and I danced around your question. I apologize. That's okay. I I danced around your question. Um, why do I think that it'll be Gosman going down the minors and not Miguel Gonzalez? Uh, I think that because for all of the brilliant uh, managerial moves that Buck Showalter makes, he still has enough of that old school in him that. That uh, Gonzalez will get the veteran pre- uh, preference. I don't agree with it, but I think that'll happen. I think that a guy like Miguel Gonzalez really fits the mold of the Buck and Dan uh, team building of a guy that they plucked out of the Mexican League with you know, let's call it a meager skill set, who's really pitched far above that. You and I talk all the time about his difference between his FIP and his ERA. This is an overachiever. This is a this is a Baltimore Orioles guy, and and I think that that you know. All, all that gut emotional crap is going to push him into the spot. Whereas you know Gosman is still doing his time. He's he's got my uh, you know minor league options. He's one of the kids. Even though he's going to be great, and and I think you and I agree on that. So okay, can, that's my opinion. Tell me why I'm wrong because I, I think that you're not crazy.
0: No, I mean I just think that if you look at it from just a skill set standpoint, and you just look at it from a talent standpoint, Gosman has much more talent than Miguel Gonzalez ever will. Um, the, the only benefit that I would see from Gossman going down into the minors whatsoever would be if the Orioles feel like Kevin Gossman is not developing his slider effectively and that he is only relying on his split finger slash fastball and he doesn't have that third pitch. That was the big knock last year about bringing him up as, you know, if he really could develop that slider and have a little bit more time, Gossman could be a number one or number two pitcher. My opinion is Gossman's going to develop that slider this year in spring training i still come back to i think it'd be really interesting for gossman to start throwing that circle change up which i wrote an article about on bird's eye view but i think if kevin gossman can get that slider down this spring training kevin gossman will be better than chris tillman this year
1: and and honestly if dom chidi and dave wallace can do with kevin Gosman for those secondary pitches what they did with zach Britton last spring mm-hmm. I mean the, the ceiling you can't even see the ceiling for this kid
0: yeah and, and the thing with gossman was it's it's a lot of command issues and you wouldn't think that looking at his some of his numbers but again his uh you know his k rate is a little bit on the lower side compared to what he should be throwing and his walk rate was okay but, you know, there's a great article on Fangrass talking about Gossman throwing more high strikes in order to get more whiffs, which makes perfect sense. And it's often a situation where if you're looking at a slider, his slider had amazing break on it, but that amazing break took it out of the strike zone. If they can have him elevated a little bit yep. and still have that massive break on the slider, I think the command can really be there. So I think Kevin Gossman's really close to being a dominant start in Major League Baseball. And I think that they work out those kinks during spring training where they can't leave him all at the rotation and I think Miguel Gonzalez goes down to AAA and is a swing man back and forth between Norfolk and, you know, Baltimore, just like he was last year um, in preparation for next year when he, you know, is going to be a part of this rotation.
1: And and this is a segue into our, our next spot. If, there, if the bullpen weren't so tight, I would say he's the, the spot starter long man in the pen. But I don't think we have the room for that. So let's go into it. Let's let's talk about the bullpen. Tell me who you've got for, for your um seven man pen um because we have a, a couple of differences here.
0: Sure. So I think we've got pretty much the same. Um we've got Britton, O'Day, Hunter, uh we've got Wesley right in there, we've got Brad Brock in there. We've got Shane Verrett, uh, Verrett in there, um, who's going to be the Rule Five guy again. I think we feel like he's going to be the opportunity because again of his velocity that he's throwing in there. Yep. It's going to be interesting though. He is a high single A pitcher though. Um, it'll be yeah, he's a high single A pitcher. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see whether or not he can stick it out with a command standpoint. The big question that it comes down to is um, what happens with Brian Mattis to a certain regard. I think that Brian Mattis is going to somehow get traded. Um, But maybe I'm wrong. I I think Webb might get that spot. But I think it's either going to be Mattis or Webb that's traded during spring training.
1: Well, yeah. I I can't believe that Mattis hasn't already been traded at this point. Um, I I can't believe he wasn't traded. I can't believe he wasn't tendered a contract. Um, But I agree. It, It would make all the sense in the world... For Brian Mattis not to make the roster but he just doesn't he he just doesn't appear that that to to be moved
0: and and we talked about this last week on the show so we're not going to harp on Brian Mattis anymore I think it comes down to that last bullpen spots either going to go to Brian Mattis or Ryan Webb and it'll be interesting to see who the Orioles go with I personally think they are going to try to trade Mattis away for something and Ryan Webb will have a useful spot in the sixth or seventh inning um, but I could easily see it just be the opposite. and They say we're going to get rid of Wiremweb for a, you know, a prospect. Or even if they could work it out of saying we'll trade Wiremweb to the Mets and we'll keep Verrett on yep. our minor league option or something like that.
1: From your lips to to Dan Duquette's ear, yeah. I, I I hate to to cross you. I think uh, Verrett was the uh, AAA guy and Jason Garcia. Oh, was it? Jason Garcia was, the was? High a, which which is why he made the roster for me. I think they can only okay. keep one of those two. Uh, rule five guys and uh, yeah Jason Garrett making the jump from high a that's that's just too far I think this is a tryout and if the Orioles like him then they'll make a trade for him okay uh, but I think I think what you said is absolutely right that um, you know maybe they'll also make a trade with one of their expendable arms in the bullpen to try to keep uh, Barrett on the on the club as well um, I think that Ryan Webb has really gotten a uh, uh, kind of a bum deal here in Baltimore because he, he came, he had the same skill set as our closer that we just got rid of in, in 2013, but he, he really has no role on this club. And I can't see him making the club this year as a righty over a guy like Brad Brock or Tommy Hunter or Darren O'Day. Uh, I just don't think there's the room for him. So the pitching. Not a whole lot of changes uh, between the two of us. Let's go into who we think is going to make uh, the club. What What about the starting 10, the fielders, uh, the starting fielders plus the DH? Okay.
0: Um, I think we basically have this covered with it. it's Weeters, Joseph, Davis, Pierce, Scope, Hardy, Machado, Diaz, Jones, Snyder, Young. I think the only thing that we actually differ on... I don't really think we differ on anything, except you have, I think, said that you think that uh, Christian Walker could possibly be up here.
1: I, I think Christian Walker will be here for opening day.
0: Okay. um, I could see that. I be- could see
1: that. Because yeah. they, they have so little else that they can do. Any of the other guys that, that are on the bubble, there's no sense in bringing them up for one day uh if they're not you know well under club control and and have already uh, used options and, and we think we're going to see them again things like that i think the interesting thing is you know will weeders be healthy enough to start the the year if not you know caleb joseph will be the guy at that point do you think clevenger is the backup do you think it's aaron sebia uh... i think it's aaron sebia okay
0: i think clevenger's pretty much
1: done in this organization at this point you think he made enough of an impression to work his way out huh yeah yeah, um, and then what do you think? Do you think it's too early to to predict the breakdown of the uh, outfield at this point? I think it's way too early for that. But what do you think? Uh, I, you know, I think Diaz will get the the bulk of the starts and left. I think that um, Travis Snyder and Pierce will platoon, and Pierce and Young will platoon for DH, so that Pierce gets enough at bats. Um, and I think that David Lowe will probably be. Um, the uh the fourth outfielder that's
0: by the way i just checked it up and i had varied and garcia confused i actually think garcia actually makes it on the roster and not varied so you think the high high a kid can, yeah. can gets on the roster yeah because he's got a 98 to 100 mile per hour fastball and just coming off of tommy johns
1: okay well i mean you're crazy but that's fine.
0: so i think at least one of the roll fives guys gets on there and i'm gonna say it's the other one i'm gonna say it's garcia okay um I, I I wanted to agree with you. I'm like, oh, Jake obviously did the research and did this before, but then I was, I was like, wait a second, that doesn't seem right.
1: So now I went back and looked at it and of said, no, it's it's Garcia. So, all right. So you 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 think that the uh, less likely to make a kid will make it? I I respect the effort. I respect the prediction. I just can't go. There. I like the speed, baby. When when we uh, when we talk about the roster, you know, we did some of our prep before the breaking news today that the Orioles were um, close to signing a deal with ever everith cabrera yeah um they have recently signed jason nix uh, minor league it, deal though because apparently it's important for him to be part of every al east club um i don't think either of those two cats make the club do you, do you nope, think
0: nope neither okay. one of them make them both have options as well well i mean nix is on a minor league deal so they don't right. have to make put him on there um and i uh, you know ever basically has a major league deal or at least they're pending a major league deal but he has one option remaining so they can put him back down to norfolk and and send him right back down. Similar with Ray Navarro, who they signed in November of this year. He's also a similar utility infielder. Again, he's got three options remaining. He can go to Norfolk as well. I kind of was thinking about this recently, too, today. Kind of, and I like, why Why are they doing this? And I came back to the whole situation of they lost, lost Buck Britton earlier this season, um, offseason, to the Dodgers organization. I'm wondering if they're just kind of trying to restock some of that infield depth that was pretty absent last year and was one of the reasons why we really couldn't um, get someone up here when Ryan Flaherty and Jonathan Scope were both doing so terribly offensively.
1: And it may also be to push Jonathan Scope to make make him work hard, you know, because if, if all you have to compete against is Ryan Flaherty, a guy who's proven that he can't do it as a starter in this league, you know, maybe bring a guy in here that you can legitimately think, oh my gosh, this guy might get my job, is what they've done to push Jonathan Scope into making sure that he prepares as hard as he can over the spring. You've heard good things about his weight being down, about him being serious about, about uh, playing baseball this year. That's all and fine. We need to see it, and I think that that's probably that's probably what that's about. If if you ask me, yeah. Okay, we've
0: analyzed this enough. Um, so your big surprise of you know making the team is going to be. Who? It's going to be Kevin Gossman not getting on the rotation?
1: Yep, and, and Verrett making it as part of the, the bullpen. Okay, and I'm
0: going to go with Garcia making it in the bullpen with the single high A guy as being my major surprise. All right. I don't think there's going to be any other major surprise going That's into this. this ballsy, season.
1: Magnus. Yep. Crazy, but ballsy. Yep.
0: Um. So let's go ahead and break down, I I, I guess, abstinence. You want to go with that, abstinence? Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: Time for a breakdown. Never gonna get it, never gonna
0: get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it.
1: Never gonna get
0: it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never
1: gonna get it. Scott, today is Wednesday. It is February 18th and today is Ash Wednesday. Oh, okay. It's a day set aside for smearing stuff on your head and starting forty days of discomfort.
0: Yeah, I think the father in my church was actually singing that song tonight today. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, well, maybe maybe that's not really true. I mean, Lent is is about so much more. It is a a season within the Christian liturgical calendar that includes you know times of prayer and penance and self denial. And self denial, it can be very meaningful for those that put in the work. But let's face it: when you hear the word Lent, you think about giving stuff up. And very possibly Josh Hartnett movies. But you think about giving things up. And with that in mind, we've decided to put together a few suggestions for things that people within the Orioles organization or, or around the Orioles may want to give up for Lent. So if you'll indulge us, here's our list. We Here's here's the first one. Adam Jones. What's the thing that could really hurt him? What, what would be a real sacrifice? Bubblegum. Middleman. <laughs> middlemen would be a good one I'm thinking bubblegum. gum okay. no, no bubbles for 40 days 40 nights maybe take a cheat on Sunday but not at the ballpark.
0: I'm thinking middlemen. Uh, let's go to the popular topic, which was Dan Duquette this offseason. Jake, what's he giving up this for these 40 days?
1: I think it's got to be Canadian bacon.
0: Uh, see, it, this is the perfect time for him to go dumpster diving. Mm. So we're going to tell him no dumpster diving Dan Duquette because he, he really wants to go dumpster
1: diver and looking at that wave romantic right now. He does love him some some washed up middle infielder for former first round picks. Yes. All right. Next one is Chris Davis. It's kind of a serious one, right? Okay. This, this, you know, this, this is real emotion here, and I'm not even going to make fun of his his uh, yeah, PED thing. I think he should give up the dip. Mm. Okay, you know, people give up drinking, people give up smoking. You know, we talked about this in the past that we don't think the dip is a great thing. See, I was going to go
0: for the cheap last and go for the PED thing, but you're absolutely right. Chris Davis needs to give up the dip and just you know basically eliminate that from his arsenal. Um, I think it's a bad thing for baseball players to continue to do. I'm not going to say they can't do it, but I think, you know, in good conscience, the players should be, should be strongly recommending the players to say, yeah, you might not want to do that, especially going into a contract year. And
1: you're on camera all the time. right? You're on camera in the dugout. You're on camera in the field. It sets a bad example. But as usual, Scott, I'm running too long. I'm talking way too much. You take it. Give me some more.
0: All right. But let's go to Buck Showalter. I say Buck Showalter should give up colloquialisms.
1: Ooh. This is a good one. So you're saying that he should give up being sassy
0: buck for for Lent? At least if he's going to be sassy buck, you know, not have so many terms that are not really actual terms. No catchphrases. No catchphrases. Yeah. Slangish and stuff like that. I'm I'm, I'm I consider myself to be very buck Walter where I consider myself to be a master of the idiom. So I basically mention things that work and they're just like I haven't heard that in like 20 or 30 years and I'm like, yeah, that's who I am.
1: So you you do old man ease. Yes, I do. All right. When we talk about the language barrier, Here's another one. Wei-Yin Chen. Mm, okay. I think he should give up the I don't speak English stick oh, for Lent. That's a good one. Cut the Mandarin. We know you can speak English. So he comes out with a British accent, basically. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm fine with Bringlish. Go ahead.
0: All right. And if Gary Thorne is going to actually come back into the booth, he needs to stop drinking so much in the booth. So the booth's booth booze is gone. We're emptying it out. We're going AA within the Masson booth.
1: So it will be the gary thorne not the drunk gary thorne that is correct
0: wow (laughs) and speaking of the mass booth we also have jim palmer so jake who's jim palmer giving up this this for lent
1: all right well you know uh, i I grew up catholic so i'm very familiar with this i'm going to talk about denying oneself of Mm. oneself you know what i'm talking about here yep jim palmer can't talk about himself for 40 days
0: There's no way he makes it. No,
1: no way. <laughs> All right. What else you got?
0: Uh, J.J. Hardy is going to have to give up pausing when he starts his name. Actually, you know what? That might be a better
1: one for Ryan Wagner. Absolutely. He <laughs> has to deliver that straight. None of this J. Pause. J. J. Pause. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else? You but got Ryan,
0: next? keep doing that. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, next one is Brady Anderson. Uh, we're going to have Brady retire the leather for 40 days. And no, we're not talking about the baseball kind of
1: leather. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. That's a deep cut yeah. there, Scott Magnus. I, I believe that's a inference of some It sort. is. It uh, is.
0: Next one is going to go to Obaldo Jimenez. He's needing to uh, give up the mechanics that he currently has because it ain't doing no good.
1: That is a bad thing. Yep, that's that's a is, bad those mechanics thing. are a sin, my yep. friend. Um, David Lowe. I think David Lowe, for for the, the entirety of the season, should give up clean eating.
0: Well, that's a good one. Uh, and the last one we have is T.J. McFarland. We say that he should give up shaping his upper lift, but we insist on everything else.
1: Yes, yes. You keep that stash. Everything else clean as a whistle.
0: Yes. Um, so those are the things that we think the Baltimore Orioles should be giving up over the next forty days for Lent. Um, will they get anything out of it? Of course not. I mean, they're not going to get any you know thing from it. But
1: make sure that if you have better ideas, that you tweet us yes. at Bird's Eye View. B A L, you tweet us with the hashtag Lent Orioles. That's yep. L E N T Orioles, hashtag Lent Orioles. Who should give up what? Let us know. This is the important thing.
0: All right, let's go ahead to blowing the save. Um, we are going to be going on to a, uh, I hate to say it, a Toronto Blue Jays podcast to talk about uh, the Baltimore Orioles and, you know, this whole podcast you know, off season and where we think the Orioles are going to line up. Um,
1: and we're going to post a link to that, but it's called uh, blue Jays plus is the podcast. When yep. we've had them on our, yep. on our program, I think, uh, Greg Wisneski, who is a writer for blue Jays plus, uh, came on our show. Um, we highly recommend them at look anytime that we have somebody on our show that that is basically your, your cue to any time that we go to play that team, go check out their stuff. Correct. To see a look behind enemy lines.
0: And we're going to try to do that a lot more often this season. So uh, like, again, go and check out blue Jays plus if you kind of want to do it. Um, I think, I think it's a great opportunity. They just had their interview with Dan Sabroski last week too. It's a good opportunity to listen to our interview last week with Dan and listen to their interview with Dan and just kind of get a perspective about how the East is looking. Because again, I think that's critical, especially when you're looking at division, um, playoff races when you're going to be playing someone 18 or 19 times in the year
1: and and i have to tell you since the orioles have been better i've become much less provincial about baseball i I don't know if you've had the same experience but i used to be so resentful of the the mlb because of you know the orioles being terrible and everybody else being so much better that i just I, i couldn't handle looking outside of my own little realm but that it, nope, I'm still there. Now that that's okay, I have a much easier time taking in the national game.
0: Nope, nope. I still would be in the situation where I'm willing to hold grudges against people, especially that Royals
1: fan last year that called a balk after they took the lead. I just hate his kid. I hate his You know what? Look for that blog post. It's on birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. I hate that kid. Yep, hate that kid and hate that dad
0: for calling the balk after his team took the lead.
1: Well, with that, Scott Magnus, I am completely out of things to talk about. And we have important things coming up. Look, it's look, It's baseball gearing up so with that baltimore and beyond i bid you all a fond adieu adieu
0: good night baltimore be safe out there stay warm and enjoy the spring training pictures on the twitter